When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ben. I write some videos here. And I'm Scott. I'm the auto editor here. And that's awesome because we are on an auto show. Scott, we love listener mail, don't we? We do. And you know what? We've had some really interesting listener requests recently. Sure. Uh, in the past few, I'd say a few months even. Mm-hmm. Um, some just it seems like they're really stepping it up. Mm-hmm. And, and this uh, this is a twofer. Yeah, this is. We've got two requests for the same topic, and they came in oddly enough within about a week of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, first one is Garrett, and Garrett says, "Hey Ben and Scott, I'm pretty sure you've gone through the '80s when you were growing up, uh, so you probably also remember the car manufacturer DMC." And he says they're the makers of his second favorite car, the DeLorean. And he was hoping we could talk about this car on the podcast. And he even gave us a couple places to look at for research. Fantastic. Good idea. And not long after that, uh, there was a a request from someone else to mention something about the DeLorean. And uh, this one has a different angle to it, though. Uh, Remember when we were talking about the movie cars? Yes. Okay, this particular listener, uh, his name is Kevin, and Kevin is from New Zealand. Um, Kevin says that uh, the first one that he listens to listened to was the Notable Movie Car Edition. Oh, cool. And so you know, that's a popular one. We've got a lot of feedback on that one from over the months even. <laughs> and um, he says he was doing some Google imaging and, uh, and research, and he said that he came across something else that, that intrigued him because he was looking up the DeLorean for the, uh, the Back to the Future, of course. Mm-hmm. And he said... I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but um, did you look up the, I think, actually, you know, I think you mentioned this during our podcast, the DeLorean Anchor. Yes. Oh, this is one of my favorite, my favorite uh, urban legends. That there were DeLoreans sunk as uh, as anchors for fishing vessels. or. or And I still don't know whether or not this is true. Uh, We'll clear that up in a moment. Okay. Um, But he he said that he came across this uh, bit of information, and it's nothing really new because it's been around for a while, this information. So uh, we're just digging this up now, but... um, he says that he thought it might be interesting and may want to talk about it on our podcast. So here we go. Yeah, we agree. Garrett, Kevin, and anyone else who likes DeLoreans or, of course, Back to the Future, uh, this this one's for you guys. Uh, Scott, let's just have a quick look at the DeLorean Motor Company. Okay. So, um, boy, there's a million ways we can go with this one. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll talk. I guess most people probably know what the DeLorean is or was. 
Yeah. Uh, stainless steel sports car. Gold wing doors. Exactly. Um, one of a kind, really, because it, was, uh, it wasn't really built on anything else. It was just uh, it was a dream of one man, and he made it happen for a, maybe a brief amount of time, mm. and we'll find out what happened later. And that man's name was John DeLorean. Yeah, and he was, he, he was born, in, uh, born in Detroit, on Detroit's east side, I guess is where he grew up. And uh, he worked for Chrysler Corporation. He worked for Packard Motor Car Company. And eventually he moved to General Motors. And that's where actually a lot of people will probably recognize the products that he worked on versus his name associated with General Motors. Hmm. Um, He developed the uh, 1964 Pontiac GTO. Did he? Yeah, so the first muscle car was really uh, something that came from John DeLorean. It was his his idea or his... his, uh, under his vision, his, I yeah, guess. exactly. His vision, and uh, I, I believe there was a was a Firebird, Trans Am, Camaro, one of those. It was a uh, that was also his. Um, again, he's with the Pontiac division, so that makes sense, right? Wow. The sports car division. He's a heavy hitter, exactly. Then. But he he eventually decided that uh, you know he well he he had this kind of a different lifestyle that a lot of people at GM I guess didn't really approve of, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll let you read into that or, you know the details yeah, or whatever. But right. um, at one point he um, he decided that he was going to quit GM. He's, uh, he decided that he was going to make his dream come true, and that was building his own car. And um, so he did. He quit GM. He started up his own company, and the, his company was going to be called DeLorean Motor Car Company. Mm-hmm. Or DeLore- DeLorean Motor Company. Which we refer to as the DMC. DMC, that's right. Yeah. And um, the interesting part about this is that it finally ended up being built in, um, in Ireland. Yes. Yeah, it was, a, it was a Northern Ireland plant that manufactured the DeLorean motor car. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, I thought that was interesting to begin with, because for whatever reason, I just had never pictured it as an Irish car. Yeah, you don't see that one coming. No, you don't, definitely. So, this is by 1978 when he's building, or mm-hmm. he's building the factory in, in Northern Ireland, uh, right outside of Belfast. Um, so, the, De- uh, the DeLorean motor car, or DeLor- DeLorean motor company, motor yeah. company, I keep getting that mixed no, up, no. but uh, they built one vehicle. The DMC-12. Exactly. And they built it only for a couple of years. You know what years? Uh, let's see. I think they started... Uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no. We'll play your reindeer games here, <laughs> Scott <laughs> Benjamin. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I, I guess from... Well, it had to be in the market by 1981. Yep. Because that's when Back to the Future came out. Correct. So were they producing them by 79? Uh, nope. 1981. That was the first year. It was a very short-lived... Wow, uh, for the DeLorean and for this DMC-12 model that they they produced. And uh, as you'll find out, that's the only one they ever got to produce because it was, Mm -hmm. again, a short-lived company. Um, They really only produced cars in 1981 and 1982. You'll see cars that have a 1983 model year designation, but that Mm -hmm. was the end of 1982, and they were called 1983 models. Which is conventional. Yeah, that's conventional. And really, the the, and I I was shocked by this, Ben. I... I'll, I'll say in my lifetime, I've seen a fair amount of uh, DeLoreans on the road, in garages, uh, just here and there, museums, mm-hmm. wherever. Sure. A lot of them. As it turns out, there's only there were only 9,000 cars that were built total in Ireland uh, from this factory from the time uh, you know the factory opened until the time it closed its doors in, uh, I believe it was in early 82, or late 82, mm-hmm. early 83 when it actually closed. You know, I had read the, I had read the same thing, and it was baffling to me all i could figure all all i could conjecture on is that maybe most of them are still in the states well there's there's only six to seven thousand of them estimated on the road worldwide 
And I, I guess maybe you're right that a majority of them came here. Um, there are even some special edition uh, gold-plated. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, which is kind of cool because, you yeah. know, we're talking about this vehicle that has a stainless steel body. Right, so it's pretty difficult to paint. Yeah, it, it is. You couldn't get it painted when you bought it new. Not new you couldn't, but a lot of people found a way around that and were able to paint the vehicles. And we've seen a few of them recently, you know, maybe yellow, red, black, right. um, typical sports car colors. Um the the uh, the strange thing that I thought was that you know there's still only six or seven thousand of these things around. I don't know how I mean I haven't seen six thousand of them of course, but I've seen I've probably seen a hundred of them. Wow! Over, I mean yeah, a lot of them. I mean if you look in garages, this is this is the odd thing about this car. You could be out in the middle of nowhere driving along and you'll see a garage door open. You know I I I'm a garage peeper. I always look in people's garages when I uh, when I drive past like out in rural. Here's that word again. <laughs> Out on Out rural. rural. Yeah. Yeah, I have a tough time. And non-urban areas. There we go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um, I'll admit it, I'm a garage peeper when I drive by. If I see a door open, I try to see if they have a project car or a finished you know, show car, whatever. I've seen airplanes, all kinds of crazy this things. This is episode two of Stuff Scott Sees. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've seen a fair amount of old DeLoreans parked in, in mm-hmm. garages out in the middle of the country. Which makes sense because and we can... We can examine this in a little bit more detail. Uh, It makes sense when you realize how the parts and the trading work. You know, this is, for a lot of people, this is a great project car because you do have to spend some time. You have to know some people and you have to put some yeah, time into it. Becomes, it becomes quite a hobby to yes. keep one of these things operating and uh, and keep it in condition, I guess, if you wanted to, to keep it original. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only go to a certain amount of places to get parts for it because here's a company that went out of business, um, mm-hmm. boy, what are we talking now, 28 years ago? Yeah. 28 years ago. They went out of business, so and you could still buy parts from this thing. We'll talk about that in yeah. a moment, too. But. So let's talk about what makes the car unique. Okay. We, we've mentioned some of it. Um the when we say the gullwing doors uh most people have probably seen parts of back to the future mm-hmm. i would hazard yeah if you haven't you can check it out the car is one of the stars of the show mm-hmm. and uh it's very interesting especially knowing that this uh car was made for such a short time that this really stole the show on back to the future um i'm not going to spoil the surprise for you we'll just say the car is important um the doors the gullwing doors they don't open outward like your regular uh, conventional car doors. They open up. And so it looks like a flying bird when both of the doors are open. It's a coupe. Yeah. Yes. So so it's two doors. I guess that's important there, too. Mm-hmm. And um, also, as we've mentioned, another interesting thing about it, stainless steel. Very unusual for a car to be built that way. It looks gray. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a really odd material to choose as the exterior surface on your car. Yeah. Um, of course, there are parts that are made out of stainless steel on normal vehicle, sure. vehicles, and museum vehicles are often they have they have metal parts replaced with stainless steel so that it won't rust when it's just, just sitting very there. Very durable. Yeah, it's very durable. Um, and oddly enough, I found that the uh, the maintenance or the care for the uh, mm-hmm. the stainless steel bodies of these is just a, an, an awful lot like what you would do to maintain like a stainless steel sink. Um, it's just about the same thing. You just try not to go against the grain of the uh, the brushing that's on there because there's a yeah. A pattern brushed into the uh, the metalwork, uh, so it's not you know a, a mirror surface. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different types of cleansers that you can use if you get stains on them. You know if it's like a tar stain or um, um, it's just a really interesting interesting 
looking vehicle. And completely different from probably any car that somebody has owned. Exactly. And think about think about this. This was 1981, 82, that era. Sure. And I think the prototype, I'm sure it was around in the late 70s. Had to be. Um, so... Man, this thing at the time it was like a it was like a you know spacecraft. It was yeah, really really yeah. cool. Um, it still is pretty cool looking, I think. Oh wait wait check out yeah. check out my cheesy segue. Okay. And just like a spacecraft, the price was wait for it astronomical. <laughs> no, not you know what? I'll be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, you know what? At the time, it was astronomical. Yeah. Um, but when you look back at it right now. Not so astronomical. Not, but, not anymore, but, but we're talking, you exactly. know, 80s. So. 80s, so 20, again, 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. The suggested retail price of this thing, $25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that doesn't sound like an awful lot. It was a little bit more if you wanted the automatic trans. I think it was like another sure. 650 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it this way, for some perspective, the Corvette at the time that General Motors was making, the Corvette was $8,000 less than the DeLorean. Eight thousand. Eight thousand less. So you could you could pick up a uh, a Corvette for um, what would it be seventeen thousand. That's uh, suggested retail price seventeen thousand. Nice. Not so bad. Not so bad. But uh, that that gives you a little bit of perspective of where this thing was priced uh, for mm. a sports car. And now when we say sports car, <laughs> oh yeah, we should get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into this a little bit. It was um, one of the criticisms of this car was that it was. Uh, well, it had it had reasonable performance for the time. Reason, sure, reasonable, like zero to sixty in a little over ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. And looking back at that now, that's a, that's a laughable number. Sure. But again, nineteen eighty two. I mean, it didn't look like it would do. It looked like it would go three times that fast. It was. Right. It's a it's a really cool looking sports car, mm-hmm. but um, it did not have the performance that people wanted out of it at the time, mm-hmm. and especially now. Looking back, there's a lot of performance upgrades you can make to these cars. Um, you know, if you have one, you can you can buy their kits so you can nice. kind of upgrade really? that a little bit. But it was powered at the time by a V6 uh, Peugeot Renault Volvo engine, and it had about 130 horsepower. Again, you said the 0 to 60 time was around 10 and a half seconds. Yeah. I've seen that as low as a little over 8 seconds as well, and that's... Is that when they kitted out? Yeah, well, that's the cl- the company claim numbers. Oh, and, you okay. Know, it's probably a little lower, but um, okay. Road and Track, I think, had it right, right around ten and a half. I think um, eighteen to twenty miles per gallon was the uh, the mileage for that thing. Eh, not terrible, not I guess. Terrible, not it's kind of a heavy vehicle. Yeah. Um, top speed factory claimed one hundred and thirty. Road uh-huh. and Track tested it. Top speed that they could get up to was one hundred and five. You only have to get up to uh, eighty-eight miles an hour. <laughs> For the, you know. What, to get the super speeder ticket? <laughs> no, yeah. no, to travel through time. Oh, oh, God, I blew it. That's no, the, you didn't uh, blow it. You 88 blow it. miles per hour, you're right. You're Great right. Scott. Yeah, <laughs> very good. All right. Very good. I, I just let that one go right over my head. Sorry, Ben. Oh, no, no. Sorry, I haven't okay. watched that in years and years. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to soldier through. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, we'll, we'll work on it. Um, so 105 is the is 105 the was the, uh, the 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 tested speed from Road and Track at the time. Yeah. So um, they boast the, or push the numbers up just a little bit. But again, I think this thing just had a lot of really interesting features that made it uh, unique enough that people really wanted to get one. Sure. Of these. I mean, it looked crazy. Mm-hmm. It had uh, it had these gullwing doors, which were at the time you know completely innovative. They were they were really really interesting. It was like a concept car that you could actually buy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the the appearance of it, you know, with the stainless steel and yeah. uh, just the shape of the vehicle, mm-hmm. it was like an exotic. 
It, it, you could argue that a lot of the reason for the vehicle's original popularity really was um, the the image and the brilliant marketing of having it in uh, that iconic series of films. Because you know, when we talk about the performance, there have been some complaints about that, but also people aren't really getting this vehicle for the performance. And and astute listeners will notice that when we talk about people getting this vehicle, we are talking in the present tense. Mm-hmm. That's right, because you can still get a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a brand new DeLorean, believe it or not. Yeah, and hold on to that for a second, because what happened to the original oh, company? Yeah, I guess we should uh, yeah. we should go there. We'll do it quickly, because um, it's a sad story. Yeah, we'll go down a little so we it's, can end it on an up. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. It's, a, it's a sad story, because, um, of course, DeLorean, he invested everything he had into this. Yes. Um, there were a lot of other grants that were given by the British government, and um, other investors, including Johnny Carson, Sammy mm-hmm. Davis Jr. Uh, there are hundreds of investors that that believed in this in this uh, in this vehicle and his dream, and uh, and made it happen. And apparently, I think one of the uh, the rumors was that John only had to actually front something like, and I say only, but um, mm-hmm. we're talking out of uh, 175 million dollars that it needed to start this company. 175 million. The estimate is that he put about 700 thousand dollars of his own money into this to make it work. Wow. And. Um, so not not terribly bad for his startup costs, I guess. Considering um, the the bad thing about this is, and here's what happened: he ended up his sales just weren't there. It just wasn't mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't wasn't making it right, and uh, it was apparent that it was going to have to be shut down. And he needed seventeen million dollars to save the business. And you know he gets in this trouble with you know just um, overdue bills and you know et cetera. What's mm-hmm. going on? Um, he tries, and this is a bad idea. Tried to make some fast cash to save the company. That's a story to uh, to yeah. save the company. I did this to save the company, and it involved illegal drugs, and unfortunately, well, unfortunately, an FBI sting as well, mm-hmm. and uh, he was captured along with uh, you know other people in this group, and um, he was eventually. I should say that he was eventually acquitted of the the uh, charges. Definitely, we should. We and should point um, that out. so he he was found not guilty because of the FBI entrapment issues mm-hmm. or or um, you know, something that led sort them of a, to, a procedural objection. Yeah, it was a. They, they said it was a, a case of FBI entrapment. So right. he was able to get off these charges. Um, and the you know, com- then, oh, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And and the company though it doesn't can't recover when its uh, founder is in the midst of these problems and so by 1982 they have gone belly up yep exactly and here's one of the crazy things is that one, one of the the mentions here is that uh, when he flew from LA to New York where you know this uh, this deal was supposed to go down uh, mm-hmm. for you know this drugs for money thing was happening and he says that he didn't know about the drug part of it mm-hmm. um, he just thought it was uh, some type of shell business that was going on he didn't know how it was really going down um, you can believe that or not he apparently just missed a phone call from um, um, someone that would have loaned him, a banker that was willing to loan him a legitimate $200 million oh. uh, that he could have used to save the company. And he, at the time when the company shut down, he owed $180 million. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, he owed $180 million. This guy was going to give him a legitimate $200 million to to keep the company going. So it was that close. I don't know if it was a matter of hours, minutes, what, but he just missed the phone call uh, for this offer. He had no idea it was coming. That's, you know, but you, nobody can really predict the future. No. no. So, okay, so the, the company uh, shuts the doors, mm-hmm. 1982. 
Um, and they originally, in 1979, they had wanted to do about 20,000 cars. Mm-hmm. But uh, by this time, when they closed in 1982, they've made less than 10,000, right? You said around 9,000? Around nine, I think, was yeah, the final and, estimate. And so they end up having um, this car that a lot of people love and want to have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are, you know, like Johnny Carson, for instance are probably upset and, and understandably so mm-hmm. because uh, they they have not seen a return from this and then the DeLorean uh, sort of becomes part of culture and a subculture arises yeah it's it's because of the the short time that it was produced mm-hmm. it, it kind of got this mystique about it it got this uh, this I want to say cult following but I don't know if that's the right way to say this or not it's a very eager group of enthusiasts that uh, mm-hmm. that really love the DeLorean, and um, understandably so. There's a lot of interesting mm-hmm. things about it. it. Maybe not the original performance uh, of the vehicle, although it was mm-hmm. respectable for the time. Um, it wasn't, you know, any, anything like the supercars of the day. Yeah. But um, still, it was an interesting car. It was unique in, in some ways, and even today, it's still kind of something that catches your eye if you see it, you know, like I said, in, in you know, a barn somewhere in the, in the middle of nowhere. So we took, we took the uh, tone of the show down a little bit when we talked about the uh, tragic ending of the original DMC. But now let's take it up, Scott. Okay. Um, they, like we said, you could still buy a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. You can either buy a certified pre-owned DeLorean mm-hmm. or you can buy a... Wait for like, it. Like a built from the ground up new DeLorean using original factory parts. Brand spanking new. Brand spanking new, that's right. And it'll cost you. It's expensive. I don't have sure. the price of the uh shoot, I had it. Oh, it'll but... it'll cost you um it'll cost you more than seventy grand. Really? Seventy thousand If you want if you want the absolute cream of the crop. Wow. If you want uh and I've got this uh our colleague at Tech Stuff, John Strickland, actually has written a great article on the DeLorean, and um, so I'm pulling some of these numbers from here. If you want just the no-frills base price, you know, so this thing probably doesn't even have a radio, much less the ability to travel through time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's <laughs> 57 uh, It's it's about $57,000. Really? So another 23000 you can travel through time then? Well, 13000 sorry. Yeah, who knows? What what price can you put on that? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Seventy thousand if you want it with all the bells and whistles. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I did notice I, they had a used car site as well. Um, uh, no, you know what? We should just say who this is. This is oh yeah the, yeah. This is Delo- the Delorean Motor Company is what the name of this uh, this group goes by, and they were able to get the name when the uh, the copyright expired on the name. Is that yes. right? Copyright. Yeah. Um, they were able to to use the name, and they they make clear that they're not part of the original. Right. Now, they're not associated with John DeLorean. They're not. They're not the original DeLorean Motor Company. They are called the DeLorean Motor Company, and they sell DeLorean cars. Yeah, and they have apparently they have a, just a boatload of warehouses of the original parts. You did say boat. I did say boatload. Good. Okay. Good. And uh, yeah, they're they're in Humble, Texas. Okay. And uh, there's what there's six worldwide locations, I believe, for this nice. company, and uh, five of them are here in the states. And they said that uh, you know you can have yours restored if you have one. Uh, they've got all the parts that you need. You, they can you can even talk to them for maintenance tips and you know just questions. You can send your car to them to them for service. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting company. It's really pretty neat. And uh, I thought what I thought was really cool is that you can get a car that's nearly thirty years out of date, built brand new for you at the factory. Well, 
sort of the factory, the uh, the pseudo factory. The new point. factory. The new factory. Yeah. See, the, okay, we've got a. So we, we have a good note for this to end on. It's not, you know, there's there's a uh, a resurgence there, right? And all the DeLorean fans who are sad um, about it are now experts. And we can't let it go mm-hmm. without addressing Kevin's question. That's right. There's a uh, there's a mystery. Oh, I love mystery. Mystery, yeah. And uh, turns out it's not much of a mystery, but we'll uh, we'll because it's it's been out there for a while now. Yeah, almost just ten to, years. Just to recap from the beginning, the the we're talking about the rumor, the popular legend that DeLoreans, which uh, were for time so unpopular that dealers were selling them at a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, were actually so unusable that uh, different ships, I've heard Japanese ships, I've heard other ships, actually purchased them to use them as anchors because they were so heavy being built of stainless steel. I'll just give it away right now. Partially true. What? Really? Par- partially. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, not the cars themselves. Okay. But, uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, and I'll keep it brief. All right. Um, when the uh, when the motor company closed down, did the DeLorean Motor Company closed down in 82, um, the dyes that were used to manufacture the steel body panels for the DeLorean uh, were dumped into the ocean by the British government because they uh, wanted to keep uh, – that was the rumor is that they were brought, dumped into the ocean um, by the British government to keep anybody from recreating the company, to, uh, to make that come back. Um, so that's one of the, the uh, rumors that you always hear. That sounds so malicious. Now, now, did, now the, the reality to this is that they did end up in the ocean. Really? Yeah, they, the dyes did end up in the ocean, but it's, uh, I guess it's less nefarious than you might think, really. They were purchased, and uh, this is a legitimate use for them. Okay. Um, if, if you want to call it this, because, um, anyways, I got this, uh, this, this string of emails here, and this actually goes back, believe it or not, 10 years. It was back 10 years, and uh, this, this writer, David Swingle, uh, corresponded with someone... Um, Brian Morgan, who was a um, project administrator for a busy team which was restoring vintage car ferries um, in Wales, I believe. Anyways, I'll go through this really quickly here. But um, he had this correspondence with this uh, this person, this uh, this this person who's doing this ferry restoration. Okay. And so, and here, the link is coming. Trust me. Um, the uh, ferry that was coming in for restoration was, you know, they're, they're working on it, and the captain says, hey, I've got some uh, I've got some photos of this ship when it was in use. And he said, well, sure, I'd like to take a look at them so that yeah. way I can see, you know, some of the original parts, whatever. Um, he sent him these photographs, and it shows this this boat called the um, Severn Princess at work in the Ards Bay on, I'm going to mess up this name, Connemara? I guess it's uh, Ards Bay, Connemara. Uh, dropping heavy steel anchors overboard, which were used to secure nets that form the boundaries of a fish farm in Ards Bay. So the anchors, the anchors, yes, these uh, these were the dies from the DeLorean Motor Company. Weird. They were they were sold when the company went into receivership. Uh-huh. They sold all parts of that factory, everything right. You know, it's yeah. everything must go. That type of auction. Yeah, this company needed heavy metal anchors to sink. You know, something just machinery to sink. Mm-hmm. To keep these uh, these nets in place, which is really becomes a fence for you know whatever it is. Did I say salmon? Um, something uh, just a fish farm. Just fish farm, yeah. And um, the the anchors that they chose to buy were these uh, these Delorean these Delorean Damn. presses, these dies for the, the original stainless steel body parts. Crazy. So there you go, Kevin. Um, yeah, and you can see the photos. They're all online. You, there's a good eight or ten photos of the dies, and and you know there's there's arrows pointing to what parts are what. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you can clearly see the the. Well, I can't exactly clearly see, but they can point out where the uh, the gullwing door presses. They can show yeah. you the fender 
uh, portion. They've got the original factory markings on the side. It's 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 definitely that. It's indisputable. It is. Yeah. And I guess uh, I don't know about you, man, but I'm I'm kind of out of stuff on DeLoreans. Yeah, now, I'm wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope uh, to Garrett, to Kevin, to everyone else who is interested in this topic. Uh, we hope that we've given you an okay overview of the rise fall and what would you call it the resurgence the re-rise the <laughs> resurrection I, yeah sure the remix yeah the remix uh, delorean of, the remix <laughs> of the of the great iconic delorean and uh so scott should we just go ahead and let people know the email address yeah why not it's high speed stuff at howstuffworks.com see you later for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com let us know what you think send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.